Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, everybody, in the world of pop culture, there has been a lot happening. New movies, shows, celebrity couples, the list goes on. And if you follow pop culture news, then you may be familiar with the infamous Instagram account, Comments by Celebs. Comments by Celebs is a media company that delivers entertainment news by putting attention on celebrity Instagram comments. Their slogan, because even famous people love famous people. Emma Diamond and Julie Kramer founded Comments by Celebs in 2017 as a result of their love for pop culture. 1.7 million Instagram followers and a podcast later, Comments by Celebs has turned into a brand that's been recognized and followed by celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow, Katie Couric, John Mayer, Kelly Ripa, and more. Today, Julie will be joining us to share how her and Emma began working on Comments by Celebs, and also she'll be discussing what pop culture news has been on her radar. I'm personally so excited to kick this off. I can't wait for you to hear from Julie and learn more about comments by celebs. So you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. So Julie Kramer, you're the co-founder of Comments by Celebs. Your partner in crime, Emma, couldn't be here today, but I'm so happy to have you on to hear your story, how CBC came along, and yeah, just to learn more about it. So thank you for joining. My God, thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. So like I said, I am just such a fan of this account and everything that you and Emma do. Um, would you mind just breaking down, I guess, where the idea for Comments by Celebs came from? Um, you know, the idea behind creating a social media platform and just your whole journey with it. Yeah, of course. So Emma and I met when we were in college, we were at Syracuse together. And when she had graduated, we had stayed friends and she had texted me one day. It was around the time that Instagram had changed their algorithm. So the way Instagram used to work was you know, you would see comments and it would be the most recent ones that would appear the two comments at the bottom. And the first algorithm switch that Instagram made was those comments would be weighted comments. So verified mutuals, whatever it was. So all of a sudden we were seeing these comments that we had never seen before, because typically on a Kylie Jenner picture, let's say, if you didn't catch him commenting in the first minute, it was gone. You never saw it. So all of a sudden, these comments were being unearthed that we never saw before. And Emma texted me and just said, do you, I'm going to do this account. I like, I think that we need to highlight these and take advantage of them. Do you want to do it with me? Um, And at the time I thought really nothing of it. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll I'll run an Instagram account with you. Um, And it's funny looking back on it because I think it was, I think it was one of those times you know, in all of our lives where everybody was trying to make Instagram accounts, like everyone was trying to be mm-hmm. famous. And so I, I didn't really think much of it because I was like, oh, yeah, we'll just be one of those people that start an Instagram account. And something that we did kind of consciously from the beginning was we didn't tell anybody that it was us at first. So we're like, if it go- if it's good and it takes off, then we'll tell our friends and we'll tell everybody else. And if it doesn't, then we tried it. And it was just a little experiment, whatever. 
Um, so that's really how the birth of it came to be because of an algorithm switch where we were able to see these comments and um, the, the growth of the account was slow at first. I was still in college. Emma was at grad school at Columbia. Um, and then throughout that year, you know, cause we started it, I think it was April, 2017. So from April, 2017 on, we really focused on building the account and Emma had always said from the beginning, like, I want to be at, I want to hit a million followers. Like I, I think the account's big. I didn't think as much of it at the time, but she really saw a lot of growth for it. And so from April, 2017, we grew. And by January, 2018, we had hit a million followers. That's crazy. It was January, 2019, actually. I have to double check for you, but I, I, one of those two, um, I should know that off the top of my head, but it was, it was really slow growth at first. And then once it took off and people like, were like, oh, this is really something that we want to see. It, It grew pretty quickly. Well, it's, it's so amazing how, I mean, just a, a lot of people have really created these huge platforms on social media, just out of sort of popular interest, if you will. And I think, um, you know, just as a society, and this isn't even in, I mean, America is one thing, but just globally, like everybody is always so interested in celebrities, what they're thinking, what they're saying. Um, and I, I love the whole idea behind the comments, like, we want to see what they comment on people's photos. Um, did you have any idea? So as the platform grew, did you have any idea that it would become sort of this full-time career that it is now? Definitely not at first. Also, I'm thinking back, it was definitely January, 2019 that we hit a million. Um, just wanted to clarify that, but no, definitely not at first for me. I think Emma, like I said, always kind of had the idea that it would be big. I don't even think she expected that it would become a full-time career. I don't think I realized that it had the potential until we started getting cited in a lot of magazines and a lot of articles because these comments were making headlines. So from what went from being like a funny account that was almost like a meme account, quote unquote, we were becoming like a legitimate news source and we were being cited in terms of people's relationships. Like Pete and Ariana, for example, they broke their relationship in the comment section. They confirmed it. So I think that for both of us, once we realized that there was something there besides just the Instagram account element that we could turn it into a podcast, that we could become a news source, that's when we were like, okay, this is something that we can definitely do full time. And then I graduated in 2018 and I, I was supposed to go to grad school. I never ended up applying. Emma put off, you know, Columbia where she was at and we both really dedicated to doing it full time. And it, it ended up working out for us. Amazing. Yeah. I I think too, it's, it's tricky with that, right? Um, You have to sort of decide, all right, do you want to go all like gung ho in on this idea or do you want to sort of do it on the side? And it's a risky choice to make, but I think once you go all in, I believe like that could be the best decision because then you're just completely invested. You have the time to focus, plan how you want to grow. And that's exactly what you guys did. So for those, I guess, who let's talk about for those who don't have Instagram, maybe, or for those who just don't follow the account, how would you best describe the account and, you know, what it's all about? Yeah, we kind of joke around with this question. Like if you had to describe it to your grandparents, how would you describe it? Which is something we still (laughs) struggle with a little bit. But if I had to describe the account, basically, 
what we are doing is just capturing interactions between celebrities. Um, our kind of tagline for the account is even famous people love famous people. And so what we do is when a celebrity posts a photo or even a meme account or, or something is posted on Instagram, and if a celebrity then comments on that, we'll format that comment and post it on our own page as a way to highlight that comment. Um, usually we try to do funnier comments or comments that break news stories. Like I said, with the P and Ariana one, you know, all they did was comment in an emoji on each other's photos, but it was the first time that they had commented and confirmed that relationship. So we immediately formatted them, put that up. And that was everywhere because it was the first confirmation of their relationship, which everyone was so obsessed with at the time. Um, and the comments we do really range. Like we've had ones that are really big news stories. We have ones that are just really funny. And then sometimes we'll post ones where maybe the comment isn't so great, but the people who commented are so iconic. Like for example, if Barbara Streisand comments on something or Barbara Streisand comments on Cher, for example. I don't even know if that's ever happened. Just a dream. <laughs> um, even if the comment is, is it so groundbreaking for those two people to be commenting on each other's posts is kind of a big deal for us. And I think people who follow the account because they like to see that magnitude of celebrity. Um, so all it is, is, is really just capturing their moments. It's them commenting. It's the word straight from their mouth. So when it's a news story, if they're confirming something in a clapback or they're commenting to confirm a relationship, it's almost like the truest source because it's coming straight from them. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, like I said before earlier, I, I think it's so fun and really, truly entertaining. Cause like you said, even famous people love famous people. And, you know, you talked about Barbara and Cher, like that's such an iconic, you know, two iconic women. Um, I couldn't help but think just like recently, um, the whole interaction between Lizzo and Chris Evans, you have two very successful people in their respective fields, but in completely different fields, interacting with each other on social media. Um, and it's so cool to sort of call out those interactions and then have people follow along with it. Um, I'm curious because, you know, you were talking about school before. Did you have any sort of interest to go into media communications or was it working on the account that sparked this whole interest in it? So I've always loved pop culture, celebrity culture, all of that Hollywood. It's always been something that I was really passionate about. I just never saw a way to make it a career for me. Um, I knew I didn't want to do journalism. I knew I didn't want to be on TV in any capacity or red carpet or anything like that. So it was never something that I personally pursued because I never saw an area that existed that I could see myself fitting into. So I went to school for psychology, actually. My plan was to go to grad school to continue on that path. Um, and I was really interested in forensic psychology. And then what happened with the account was this kind of passion that I had that always existed on the side was able to really come to the forefront. And once I saw that I was able to, you know, do this, something that I loved, but also something that I could see myself doing in a way that made sense for me, it was kind of a no brainer to be able to do it. But I mean, I always loved pop culture. I can remember, you know, never missing an Oscars, watching with my mom, writing, you know, Emma also says the same thing where she used to write, sit down in front of the TV and write all of her best dress down for the Oscars. So <laughs> we were both really passionate about pop culture. And that's kind of how mine and Emma's relationship started in the first place is because we were, we were friends, but she's two years older than me at school. And we were in the same sorority. And we had this group chat of us and a couple of other people where we would talk about the Kardashians and also other celebrity news. 
So by the time it came for us to start the account, Emma knew, we both knew that the other had such a love and interest in pop culture and such a deep knowledge of it that really helped us. Because I think in terms of the comments and understanding the relationships between a lot of people, you always have to understand that backstory. So for example, with the Chris Evans and the Lizzo thing, objectively, that is an amazing interaction just to see them. But when you know the background of Lizzo talking about Chris Evans, the TikTok she's made about him, the TikTok community and the people in her comment section jumping on board, him DMing her for the first time. Once you've got the whole scope of it, it really helps you to understand what you're actually reporting on. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, to your point too, like I, I always tell people, if you don't see what you want to do as a profession out there in the world, like make it, <laughs> you can like, you know, create your own lane and, and go after it. Um, I think especially now with the internet, I mean, really, truly anything is possible. If you have any sort of idea, there's a ton of outlets now to go pursue it. And social media has really changed the game with that. And the reason I was curious to hear sort of your background with, um, if you had any background with media and communications, is because a lot of your work does really involve, I guess, some investigative journalistic, you know, techniques. Um, and I wanted to talk about the Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas romance, which based off of everything going on now with that man seems like forever ago. But um, you guys actually broke on Comments by Celebs. You broke that story, right? Right. So we had seen paparazzi photos of them. Um, and it was the very beginning of their relationship. And there was one paparazzi photo of Anna that had surfaced of Ben taking the photo. So she had posted the photo that was taken of her by Ben. And he ended up commenting photo credit on it, which that was kind of big for two reasons. One, the obvious, which is that that broke or confirmed the relationship, them commenting on each other, even though we saw the pictures of them, that was kind of their first social media interaction or their first Instagram official. Um, but the other reason it was so big is because Ben Affleck rarely, if ever, comments. So for him to take that time to comment photo credit, we all knew that was such a big deal. Um, we're still waiting for him to do it for a JLo picture. So yeah, that one went, went so viral because of the relationship. But I think also because it was like, wow, here's Ben Affleck using Instagram in a way that we never expected him to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like I would have never, you know, expected to see like comments of his pop up on, you know, another person's photos. Um, but so I guess then was it that situation that sort of sparked sort of this different way of running the account where you saw like, oh, hey, you know, we could sort of use this as entertainment news. So I think the first one where we realized we could use it as entertainment news kind of came a long time before that. Um, I would say 2018-ish when we had first started the account, really. Um, and the reason for that is because, A, the Pete Davidson one, but then you also had Nick and Priyanka confirming in the comments with a very uh, scheduled emoji uh comment to each other and you had a few others like that and i think once we started getting picked up on those we realized that we could really use it as news stories and then we had a couple of cases where not even confirming relationships but let's say a celebrity commented about a rumor somebody commented a rumor on a celebrity's post and they just replied to that comment and put it to bed immediately i think that was also when we were like there's so many layers to being able to understand we can you know if there's romance rumors between people but it's not confirmed when we notice them flirting in the comment section even if that's not confirmation of the relationship 
that's a news story. Most recently, there have been uh, rumors about Zoe Kravitz and Channing Tatum kind of swirling around. And every so often, we'll notice that he comments on her picture. He commented on Lenny's picture, her dad's picture. Um, so I think just when we started to unearth those kinds of things that were obviously we love the funny comments. I think I still choose if I had to only choose one, it would be the really funny ones that we get. But I think once we realized that there was another layer to the account and it was pretty early on, we realized that we had something in terms of, of news and news stories. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think what's really interesting about social media and how it's sort of you know, change the game in in terms of celebrity news is, I mean, if you look at 10, 15 years ago, a lot of that news was broken by journalists, paparazzi, whatever. Um, But I think with social media, what's really interesting is that celebrities to an extent can sort of control their narrative, right? And control the news they want to release to the world. I mean, if you look at Kylie Jenner using YouTube as a way to everybody had suspicions, of course, like, is she pregnant? Um, Did she have a baby? But, you know, she took charge of that in her own way and used social media to sort of share that news with the world. Um, Same thing with, you know, Ariana Grande's wedding and all these different things. Like, it's really interesting how, I mean, just the general public too, you know, like, everybody else does the same thing. But I think for celebrities, it's really different because they are really taking charge of information that's released publicly to the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was one of the big things that we noticed at first was this ability for celebrities to control their own narrative. Um, And I think even now, most recently, when we're seeing Britney Spears post and comment and use the hashtag free Britney and kind of beginning to really be able to tell her story. And most of that, aside from what we're, you know, the one glimpse that we got of her in court of the audio recording what we're getting now from her is entirely social media based. It's the posts that she's putting up and the videos that she's taken. So yeah, the ability, I think for celebrities to just come on and write what they're thinking, post what they want to post without having to go through a publicist, without having to put it up on a website, without having to give a statement to a news article, it gives them so much power. Again, there's a flip side of that is, you know, things can go wrong when you have as much power as you have to be able to post whatever because you say something and it's on the internet forever and I think with most celebrities it's been nothing but a good thing in terms of their own story obviously there's the repercussions of social media in terms of trolls and bullies and people that just dislike them in general but I think for themselves and their own narrative it's mostly a positive thing but you always you know run the chance that you're going to tweet something or you're going to post something that's taken out of context or taken incorrectly and you're going to get backlash for that um because you don't have to run it through a publicist first and you don't have to have a team of people approving it um so it is interesting to watch the way that celebrities use that and celebrities you know kind of almost i don't want to say take back their control because i don't think there was really a period of times where they were the ones that weren't in control but of their own narrative yeah a lot of the times People have run with things and stories have run and now celebrities can just come on and say, nope, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And I think power they never really had to the full extent prior to social media. Exactly. And, you know, I'm really happy you actually brought up the Free Britney movement um, because that's sort of a question I was wondering, you know, with everything that happened with, you know, Free Britney and the documentary that came out with the New York Times, 
I think it sparked a lot of conversation on how the media has treated and portrayed celebrities throughout the years. And I mean, I don't know if I would say it's gotten better. I mean, in some ways, I guess it has, right? Like in terms of paparazzi, I think because now everybody's on social media um, and everybody can easily just, you know, snap a photo of somebody out at dinner. Um, I think it's changed the game in the way paparazzi uh, monitors and, and tracks celebrities, but again, they're still there. So I guess my question is, um, since it's opened up that conversation on how harsh and, you know, territorial, even if you want to say that paparazzi and entertainment news has been in the past with common space labs, have you and Emma sort of drawn a line as to sort of how far you will go when it comes to sort of the uh, celebrity gossip or um, celebrity news? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, to your first point, I think that we've just in general to touch on the way that media has changed. I think that we've come a really far way since the days of Britney Spears and what we're talking about with the early 2000s and the treatment of celebrities and specifically women in in Hollywood. Um, I think that we have a ways to go, obviously, but I think the things that we report on about celebrities in general, the way we report on them, you know, it wouldn't have been uncommon a couple of years ago for a news story to be about a female celebrity's weight or any celebrity's weight. And I think that we've really done a good job for the most part of most news outlets really straying away from the content and the way they used to present celebrities. And I think so much of that is because as people we've changed and we want to feel ethical about the way that we consume celebrity news. And there is always that line where you don't want to cross it. Blake Lively posted a few weeks ago and and we had posted that comment where, you know, Daily Mail had posted a photo of her and her children and her children's faces weren't blurred out. And, And she had said, you know, she had written this long comment about how like, you know, as paparazzi, you capture this photo, but what really happened was you were harassing me and my family and my kids were scared all day. Um, and people really attached to that story. And, and, you know, it was one of our, you know, highest performing posts of all time, um, as the comment, but people really attached that story because they want to consume their celebrity news and they want to look at their celebrity pictures that they get in a way that doesn't make them feel dirty or invasive. And Blake Lively showing, you know, and paparazzi showing pictures of Blake Lively's children that she doesn't allow us to see, it crosses that line. So for example, in terms of what you were saying for Emma and myself, like when we posted that photo of Blake Lively in the comment, mm-hmm. we, even though her kids' faces weren't blocked out in the picture that was originally posted, we obviously blocked it out because there was no reason to further spread photos of her children that she didn't want out in the internet. And that kind of decision about the the drawing the line quote unquote was something that we made early on because we said we're like you know if we want this account to be successful like we want celebrities to want to comment we want it to feel like it's a safe place for them so no amount of our account was ever like kind of gotcha like if a celebrity put it out and they commented it we wanted to highlight that comment if there was ever a situation where we felt like the comment was really mean or across the line or it took away the fun of showcasing celebrities or it would have created more harm than good by posting it we tended to stay away from those because we wanted our account to be not only a fun place for celebrities to feel like they wanted to be featured on but fun as the reader to read it and feel like you're consuming 
content and celebrity news that you don't then don't have to feel dirty or sleazy about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Blake Lively story because I was going to bring that up as well. I saw that post and I loved and thought it was so admirable what you guys did. Um, because that's a whole nother conversation too, with celebrities wanting to keep their, just, you know, just because Blake Lively is famous, that doesn't mean her children want to be too. So I think that's a whole nother conversation too, but, um, one that I really respect for you guys respecting her wishes. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the whole overall, at least what I get from CBC and the vibe of the page is that it, it really is all fun. Um, and it's fun at nobody else's expense, like you said, you're not, you know, trying to share harmful jokes or, or whatever, like bullying, any of that. Like it's, it's comments that celebrities make at their, you know, free will. <laughs> and, you know, you share that with the world and sort of highlight that and, and show it in a funny way through memes. And it's, it's all just really, really fun. So um, also, I think, too, with just like you were saying before, with how far we've come, um, I'll even go online sometimes, you know, on Twitter and I'll see news articles that have gone viral, um, sometimes for like, you know, poor ways where, you know, they've disrespected a female artist or, you know, the headline is sort of derogatory. Um, and what I love is that the reason why they're trending is because people are calling them out on it. So that at least to me is like hope that, okay, majority of the public understands that this is not the right behavior. This is not how we should be spreading information. And we know the right way to go about it. Right, absolutely. And and that's something that's so interesting now is that the way that we have as the public have consumed news and the way that we want the way what we want to see is so different now because we've evolved so much past the way that women specifically, I keep going back to that because I think it's it's obviously all celebrities were reported on in ways, you know, back in the day and a little bit, you know, a couple of years ago that weren't so great, but specifically women in the industry were just, they were treated really terribly. And, and I think it's only now that we're realizing that like with the free Britney stuff, but especially when you see interviews and when you see other female pop stars and actresses from the time and their experiences in media and the way they've been treated, um, I think we as a society are now really recognizing that. So when recognizing that, so when we see an article that's posted that the headlines a little bit misogynistic or the headline makes us feel uncomfortable by the way they worded it, we're so quick to jump on and defend that because we can now, A, it's just not what we want to consume anymore, but we also know the repercussions of that now. We know what it does to young females in the industry. We want to protect them from what's happening and, I think a couple of years ago, you know, I think always back to Brittany and Paris and Lindsay, you know, as the public, we kind of ate that up. Like, you know, it was it was obviously the articles that were being put out and the publications that were putting out those stories and sending their paparazzi after in, in such attacking ways. Um, they obviously held so much responsibility for what happened, but the public held a responsibility, too, because we were dying for that information. You know, there's there are stories about, you know, Britney Spears was the cover of a magazine. That magazine sold like a million units that week because people just could not get enough. Um, so I think that as much as media and the way it reports has changed, so much of it just has to do with us as a society and where we're willing to say like, no, we don't need information in that way if it's going to make the person you're reporting on 
end up in a situation or be in a situation that just isn't right. And also, like, we also know that the way we treat celebrities in society, again, specifically women, is a reflection of us. So, for example, in the early 2000s, when you would see these glorified images of celebrities looking just unbelievably unhealthy and and too thin and and obviously you know you have a range of body positivity movement now that encompasses all but the exploitation of kind of pointing out and be like this is the body that you should have in the early 2000s was so unbelievably damaging for women and we're still seeing the effects of that and we still deal with you know bodies being shown to us in a way of how they quote unquote should be um so I think just continually we're progressing past that and we're understanding the dangers of those types of things, not just how they f- affect celebrities, but also how they, the effect that that then has on the public. Yeah. And, you know, like we said, like the whole idea of media consumption has changed. The way in which we consume media, especially pop culture, has changed. I mean, I remember being little and standing in line at the grocery store and, you know, you're in the checkout line and you see all the tabloids. And like you said, it was Lindsay Paris, like all these women on the covers, um, all these celebrities, the Jen and Brad stories and all the triangles and everything. Um, But now, like, I don't, you know, I don't see that really anymore, nor do I think a lot of people care about that gossip, right? Yes, we, we love pop culture. Everybody loves, you know, being entertained by what's new and exciting in the world of celebrities. But I feel like we've acknowledged sort of the wrongness of that exploitation, I think, because I, I see less and less of those conversations out there. Yeah, I think that it's just different the way we consume it. Like, obviously, as somebody who runs an account that's dedicated to celebrities, I'm not in any way, shape or form above celebrity gossip. I I eat it up. I mean, even the blind items that aren't sure if they're true or not, just the rumors of those, like, I obviously want to know all of that information and the inside sources and everything I can get. Like, I I love it. Um, And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Because I think there's a difference between like, oh, I want to know if these people are dating, or I want to know if this person is doing this this week or at this restaurant. Like, I think all of those things that we consume in that way now are very different from the way that we used to consume it, where it's like, here's a paparazzi photo of Britney Spears being taken to the hospital. And I think that, well, I think there's a way where everybody can still love celebrities and love the culture and love the gossip that comes along with it. While understanding like, there's a really big difference between finding out who someone's dating and rejoicing in them having mental health struggles and them having addiction struggles and them having health struggles in general, because we don't need that as news anymore. It's not the content we want to consume. We want to wish them the best and hope that they get better and be there to support them. And as fans to, you know, to wish them as well as we can, but we don't need to consume it in a way that makes people feel like they're profiting off of a celebrity's misfortune. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we've stopped sort of being entertained by somebody else's trauma. And I just hope as we continue down this whole road with social media, I hope the conversation continues to change and, and take a better, a better form. But, um, you know, one other thing I wanted to bring up is that you also have the podcast, the Comments by Celebs podcast. So you have a bunch of different things going on. And I guess, how is your schedule 
Um, what's your day to day, especially right now? Um, you know, we're sort of at the end of summer, I guess what's on your plate and yeah, if you wouldn't mind sharing sort of your day to day routine. Yeah, of course. I mean, for us, every day is definitely different. Um, so there's three of us, it's me, Emma, and our friend Isabel who joined the team, um, a little bit later on. Um, and all three of us are best friends. We went to college together. Um, and we have just such an incredible friendship now. So our day-to-day really consists of the three of us balancing everything out. So we, with the podcast, Emma and I do a podcast on Mondays, which is just a recap of all of the celebrity stories of the week. On Wednesday in season, uh, we do Kardashian recaps of the episodes that are new. Um, and then off season, we've done deep dives into you know different topics with them. Right now, we're going back and recapping old episodes and we're kind of waiting to see what their new Hulu show is going to look like and what we're going to do with that. And then on Fridays, Emma and Isabel have a Bravo podcast that they do. So those are the podcasts that we do throughout the week. And then during the day, I mean, every single day is different. Usually we're looking for comments. We're formatting them. We're, you know, that's a huge part of it as well. Um, Different calls, different meetings. Um, But the, you know, when we were pre-COVID and we were in the city, there'd be a lot of in-person meetings and we would do things. Now it's kind of a lot of phone calls and and things are a little bit different now. But yeah, our day-to-day is very different. Um, I think we all love doing everything together. When we have a post that we put on comments, we all, you know, we put it in the group chat and we all discuss what the caption is going to be and we post it like that. So everything we do is kind of a group effort and, and we do everything together, which makes it more fun. But in terms of how we split up the responsibilities, it's kind of like, it's not like one person has one lane that they, they stick in. We all kind of do everything together. And then for certain tasks, we, we break apart and see what needs to be done. But I would say in terms of like time consuming things, the podcast is probably the most time consuming thing, especially now because we'll, we're not in studio, we're still doing it remotely. Um, So we'll listen back and we'll do all the edits and we'll do a couple of rounds of listens just to make sure what we're putting out is not only like as, as good as it can be put out, but also like we didn't say anything that could be taken the wrong way or accidentally offensive. So we'll do a couple of listens through the podcast and do our edits and, and yeah, that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think with so much going on in the world right now, in terms of pop culture, I don't know how you guys can like pick and choose what to talk about because <laughs> there's just a lot going on. So I'm curious, um, what has been whether it be a story, a romance, anything like sort of in entertainment that's caught your eye and has had, you know, everybody over at CBC buzzing. I think right now, J-Lo and Ben Affleck being back together has to be the biggest thing. I mean, I remember a couple of months ago now when Emma and I were on the podcast and we were talking about it and it was when her and A-Rod had just broken up. And I had seen so much conversation on Twitter about people wanting Ben Affleck and J-Lo back together. This was before it was even like picture scene, no paparazzi pictures of him leaving her house. Like it was just Mm -hmm. straight the breakup. And I brought it up on the podcast and I was like, you know, I didn't realize how many people wanted J-Lo and Ben Affleck back together. I didn't realize that that was something that was a conversation. And again, not a conversation about them being back together, just about what people wanted. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's absolutely ridiculous. They would never get back together. And I was like, no, I'm not saying that they would. I'm saying like people like like that idea, people want it. And she was like, that's so crazy. It'll never happen. And then two weeks later, if that was when we had the paparazzi photos of of Ben leaving J-Lo's house and both of us just couldn't believe it. 
And then watching that progress and the two of them on vacation together in Saint Tropez and creating the iconic Jenny from the block music video shot of his hand on her ass on the boat. It was just every progression of that. We always talk about this on the podcast. Like every progression of this relationship has just been unbelievable to watch because it's like they're putting on a show for us and we are eating up every bit of it. And I think of the pop culture stories that have happened in the past couple of years. That has to be by far one of the biggest. Oh, it's, I mean, it's huge. It's all anybody. And again, I think because they were such an iconic couple, like in, what was it? I guess early 2000s, um, because they were such an iconic couple in that time. It's sort of a multi-generational, like I know my mom is like crazy about it. She's so excited. Um, (laughs) And it's just so funny because like everybody's just really rooting for them and like hoping, at least I am hoping for the best. I think it's so fun. But also, like you said, how they're kind of putting on this show for everybody. I think that really goes, you know, coincides with what we were saying earlier, how now with social media, you know, celebrities can really control their own narrative. And, you know, as they're in this relationship, hopefully, you know, to whatever extent they want to, they can control like what they're putting out there and and making public knowledge. Yeah. What's interesting about that is we have this conversation a lot where, Ben and JLo are kind of doing this relationship in a way that feels very old Hollywood and not like social media era Hollywood, like the paparazzi photos being circulated and the timing shots and the being seen in each other's apartments. Like, you know, something that I think we've learned along the way as, you know, having this, not just having the account, but really understanding celebrity culture in Hollywood and kind of the, just the top layer of the way certain things work is, you know, there really is the symbiotic relationship between celebrities and paparazzis and celebrities and paparazzi. And obviously the role of paparazzi varies so much. And sometimes it's a really bad thing to have around, like with the Blake Lively situation, but sometimes they give the celebrity exactly what they need. And I think when we were little, you know, we kind of joke about this now where we were little, it was like, wow, what a weird coincidence that these celebrities on a random beach that we've never heard of the paparazzi just happened to be there too. Like that we never thought about it. So I think as we've gotten older and we've understood celebrities and the way they kind of toy with us and use the media to their advantage. Um, and we can see that so much with JLo and Ben, we can also kind of understand the way the paparazzi fit into that and the role that they have in terms of a positive role and a symbiotic role. And the Ben and JLo are so using that to their advantage in a way that I think a lot of celebrities don't a lot of celebrities you know you get maybe a car picture of them on a busy street um but in terms of leaving each other's apartments or being seen it's usually pretty quiet you usually don't see that usually you know if they're dating you get them at dinner mm-hmm. so for Ben and JLo to be pictured in St. Tropez and leaving each other's apartments and car meetups like it's so it's such a version of Hollywood in the media that we're not super used to anymore, but we're loving so much because it's not just the relationship that's nostalgic. It's the entire way it's being presented to us. Exactly. And yeah, I think to your point, it's very much that old school Hollywood feel, but like in a way that they're controlling in a very positive way. (laughs) Right. So yeah, it's exciting. And I mean, like I, there's just been so much celebrity news too. Like I know a couple, what was it? A couple months ago. Now there was the whole Tom Holland and Zendaya and everybody was like, 
is it a PR stunt? Is it real? Like, I hope it's real. <laughs> um, there's so many like fun things like that um, that have been like really playful. So I, I can't wait to see like what else is on the horizon, but especially for, you know, Benefer. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Well, Julie, this was so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, before we go, I always like to ask with this being handling it, has there been a piece of advice or a lesson you've learned throughout your career or time in doing this with CBC that's really helped you handle your life? Great question. Um, I would say in terms of, you know, being able to handle it and handle my life, being able to do something that like every single day I get to wake up and be excited to do. And like, I, 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 my job is to talk about things that I already want to be talking about and would be talking about anyway. And also doing it with my two best friends, like obviously for everybody, it's not the most logical circumstance. Not everybody can, you know, get to do that. But I think to be able to do something that you're excited about and that you love and that you feel really good about, it's something that everybody should try to achieve to have and everybody should want to have. And I think is so helpful in terms of being excited about the things you're doing and being happy. So yeah, I think that if I want advice in terms of handling, it would just be like, do something that you're genuinely happy doing. And yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it can be done. A lot of people think like, oh, you know, they write it off and it can't be done. I have to do something practical and, you know, something that, you know, everybody else thinks is what I should be doing, but you really can, like, like we talked about earlier, create your own lane and and do that thing that you're really passionate about at the end of the day. So I love that advice. And uh, of course, you know, all the links, the handles to everything will be in the episode description. So um, yeah, I can't wait to see what you guys continue to do with CBC and, you know, can't wait to see what other stories are to come with everything out there in the pop culture world. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. I absolutely loved this conversation and enjoyed having Julie on to chat about pop culture and how she and Emma started Comments by Celebs. If you enjoyed learning about Comments by Celebs, definitely be sure to check them out on Instagram. You can find the handle in the episode description below, and trust me, it'll be well worth your time checking them out. Thank you to Julie so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.